0: Send money internationally. This is becoming much more common around the globe for both business and personal reasons. We live in a time of travel, and with that comes the need for our money to travel too. Luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise, you might wonder? Well, there's one easy answer and it has three syllables. Exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up and they keep the difference for themselves. But TransferWise is different. TransferWise uses clever new technology, so you always get the real rate when you convert between currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies, and Transferwise even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies and convert between them whenever you like. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money makes it to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to their hefty fees that other services charge. You don't have to take their word for it. More than 4 million people are already saving. Sign up right now at TransferWise.com slash yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's TransferWise.com slash yoga or download the app. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am feeling electric (laughs) right now. I just literally one second ago came from giving feedback to our graduation groups. We are on day 21 of our 23-day yoga teacher training and we're doing our graduation classes for all of our yoga teacher training graduates and I just had a feedback round with a group that did so amazing. I was making a joke with a team just a few hours ago where, oh my God, sometimes I feel so relieved that everyone doesn't suck. (laughs) It's so funny because whenever we have a training like this, we actually, you know, we pour ourselves into this training, into these participants, this big group of women that are here. And at the end of the day, when it comes time for graduation, I have to take a step back and just trust. Yeah, we can't hold their hands all the way throughout for the rest of their lives. You know, there comes a point where we kind of, have to, you know, have them leave the nest a little bit and stand up there and teach a whole class on their own. And truth is, you know, I never really know. (laughs) Is it going to be amazing or is it not? And just the groups we've had so far, I'm just, I'm just blown away. You know, actually every training, I'm just completely blown away. And just walking through or moving through a class right now, the way we just did with five girls who just totally killed it letting themselves shine letting them stand up there in the middle of the room letting themselves be seen showing that they've learned so much throughout this month we've spent together implementing all the tools of of holding space and speaking from our core and you know being ourselves it's just ah, letting ourselves shine in this beautiful beautiful way it it's mind-blowing it's (laughs) mind-blowing So I feel a little bit like I'm a, I'm a little speedy right now, just because of all of this amazing energy we have at the studio. Anyone who's ever taken a yoga teacher training, you probably know this feeling of graduating. There's just this oh, so much emotion involved, and I'm so proud of everyone. So before we dive into the, the heart of this podcast, how about we all take a couple of breaths? I, I for sure need to come down <laughs> off this cloud and ground a little bit. So let's see if we can do just a little bit of movement wherever we are. So if you're standing up, sitting down, doesn't really matter. I want you to ground into the soles of your feet for a few breaths. So if your legs are crossed, uncross them. And let's take a couple of really deep breaths right here. So closing the eyes and then next inhale, filling your whole body up, full breath in. you can take a moment to hold the breath a little bit at the top. And then open the mouth, let it go. (sighs) Hmm, Let's do that two more times. So full inhale in through the nose. Take a moment at the top of that breath to pause, hold the breath in, and then open the mouth and release. (sighs) One more time, full, full inhale. And this time at the top of the breath, see if you can sip in just a little bit more air. So filling up further. And now loud and clear, let it all go. <sighs> hmm. So beautiful just to tap into the body. Just three connected present breaths like this can really, can really turn our whole day around. At least change a challenging moment to a present one. So as we continue just feeling into the body, feeling into the breath, asking yourself what it feels like to be here wherever you are in this moment in your day, wherever you are in this moment in your life, what does it feel like for you to arrive here? What does it feel like to show up for yourself in this moment? And some days we feel or sense a little bit of maybe some tightness or some stickiness inside of the body, perhaps you're a little bit tired or feeling sluggish, then notice that. Usually we have this tendency to whenever we're not feeling on top of the world that we have to automatically shift something or change something or turn something around. I am very deep in the practice right now of leaning into whatever space I'm at, whatever space I'm in, leaning into that a little bit. So if you're feeling tired right now, take a few moments and let yourself feel that tiredness. You know, what does it feel like in the body to feel tired? What is it like for your heart? What's it like for your mind? Lean into that sensation of just, oh man, maybe it's been a really long week. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even need a specific reason to be tired. The body gets tired because, you know. We're moving all the time. The mind gets tired because we're thinking and processing things all the time. The heart gets tired because we carry so much all the time. So if you're in that space of just experiencing some tiredness or some low energy, then let yourself stay there for a moment. We don't have to immediately turn everything around and feel that high energy vibration all the time. Whenever I'm feeling sluggish or lazy or low, I like to lean into that all the way. So really just immerse myself in that feeling of laziness, whatever that means. Usually it means that I've been working really hard or maybe extending a lot of myself lately and what I need is to just contract a little bit and come back to myself in any way possible. Yeah, so perhaps what I really need is an afternoon on the couch, eating a bag of chips, watching a really stupid baking show on Netflix <laughs> and doing that completely without guilt, Yeah, completely without feeling like that's bad or like it's not healthy. No, you know, if I'm tired or sluggish or lazy instead of avoiding it, leaning into that leaning into that space. And the beauty of that is once I really immerse myself in that feeling of just, you know, low vibration or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't usually last all that long. You know, if I really give myself permission to feel what's there and I stay present throughout, so without disappearing into anything that's habitual or that I'm doing without being mindful, but I'm really present with with whatever's there, it passes really quickly. It's interesting. Maybe it's like two episodes of that baking show I'm watching. Right now I'm watching Sugar Rush <laughs> on Netflix, which I love. And then two episodes of that. And then, you know, I feel this itch to move like, hmm, okay. I want to clean the house now. I want to do something else. I want to get a, go outside, take a walk, and then following that urge. So if that's the space you're in, I would love for you today to give yourself a little bit of permission just to lean into that. And then of course, if what you're feeling is this high energy, mega excitement for whatever is moving in your life right now, then letting yourself lean into that. And what does that energy feel like? If you're high, let yourself be high. If you're low, let yourself be low. Trusting that. This too shall pass. So when we're in a space of something beautiful, something that makes us feel really grateful for being alive, you know, something that taps us into that place of shining from our center, it's important, I think, that we let ourselves actually stand up and shine and that we... Let ourselves experience that joy and that gratitude all the way from the center of the body and let it shine into the tips of the fingertips so that we take up the space that we're meant to take up in this world, that we don't shine away or that we don't worry about being too happy or that we're too much, too excited. Like let yourself be what you are. And I think that life practice of knowing that we actually encompass all of these things just because I feel lazy sometimes doesn't mean I'm a lazy person, yeah? Just because I'm high energy sometimes doesn't mean I'm a high energy person. Person, I can be high energy and low. I can be really motivated and, you know, work super hard to get things done. And I can also be super lazy and sluggish and tired. And all of those things and everything in between is okay. Neither defines me as a person, as a human being. Maybe as you lean a little bit deeper into your body right now and you lean a little bit deeper into this moment, this present space of here now, what rings true for you? Yeah, What are you feeling right now? What's moving inside of your body? What's your heart telling you in this moment? And then listening to that answer. And that's also something that takes practice. We have to close the eyes. We have to feel into the breath. We have to carve out some time and space for ourselves in our day to actually cultivate that very, very important ability to listen to our inner voice. If we spend too much time listening to what everybody else is telling us all around us, it's going to be hard to distinguish our inner voice from everybody else's voices. And it takes practice. So if you do this practice with me sometimes on the podcast and I ask you, you know, how are you feeling right now? And you don't know you feel like you're disconnected from your heart or it's hard even to take just five minutes to close the eyes and feel, probably it's because you're not giving yourself enough space to practice. Just like we practice in yoga, we practice, you know, a downward facing dog. The first time you did that down dog, that was hard. I remember my first down dog, oh, back of my legs were burning. I remember my wrists felt really sore. I didn't feel good. And my shoulders hurt after a while. I was just like, oh, and I looked around the room and the teacher said something about, you know, enjoying this resting pose and down dog for me was not a resting pose. For most of us, it's not a place to rest when we first start because it's a new place, right? And then we do one and then 10 and then a hundred and then a thousand downward facing dogs and somewhere along the way, we build strength in the right places and we create space in other places. And one day, all of a sudden we feel at ease there. Yeah. We connect to that place of alignment inside of ourselves and then we meet the shape and that beautiful moment in our lives and it becomes easy practice comes and ease flows through that place you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl If you couldn't already tell, I'm absolutely obsessed with quinoa right now. As a gluten-free, soy-free vegan, it's a top choice to make awesome sides or even to base a whole meal around. This summer, I've been getting adventurous with my recipes, but I always have one staple, Bob's Red Mill Quinoa. I just found a new recipe on Bob's Red Mill's website that I'm super excited to try. It's a barbecue quinoa salad, which is perfect for those nights out on the porch, winding down and eating dinner together with Dennis. It calls for quinoa, corn, shredded cabbage, barbecue sauce, cilantro, and freshly ground salt and pepper. It sounds so filling, yummy, and totally perfect for me. Have you tried any Bob's Red Mill recipes for yourself? Their website is full of amazing and healthy options using their products that you can always trust. Straight from the Stone Ground Mill in Oregon to your dinner table, Bob's Red Mill has been offering delicious, healthy, and minimally processed food for decades. Explore their high-quality products from oats to flours to grains to full meals and check out their recipes today to explore something new. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirl to see all that they have to offer. And you can enter for a chance to win some super delicious and fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be randomly selected each month. We had a really beautiful saying from one of our teachers teaching this yoga teacher training, Laura. She said, freedom comes from discipline. And I think there is something so beautifully true about that. Freedom comes from discipline, that we have to actually practice that downward-facing dog with discipline a hundred times, a thousand times, before we feel free in the body. And the same thing goes when we're practicing the art of sitting with ourselves, the art of listening to our own needs, the art of feeling into the soul of, what do I need right now? What is it like to be here? So what you can do is, Make sure that you carve out enough of these spaces in your life. Perhaps it's with this podcast every Friday. How else can you make space to just tap in and feel and connect? And then once you have the answer to that, okay, what am I feeling right now? Usually what comes along with a feeling that, that we would deem negative or challenging or low is that there is a need of some sort that we, that we need to fill. Yeah? If we feel really alone, perhaps what we need is a sense of belonging, a sense of community. We need to call someone or reach out to a friend or ask someone for a hug or just feel ourselves leaning into the support of someone for just a moment, Yeah, just to remind ourselves of, oh, actually, I am supported. And perhaps that story I'm telling myself of oh, I'm so alone maybe isn't even true. But we can't have our needs met if we're not present with where we already are. So that's really the first step. Let's uh, take another really full breath. It's just exactly where we are in this moment in time. Full, full, full inhale. Opening the mouth, let it go. And if you had your eyes closed, you can open them back up. And just feeling into what it's like to acknowledge where you are. And if a need arose out of that space, then making a commitment to yourself today to meet that need yeah to give yourself what you need to to not necessarily to change that state of mind you're in but to actually fulfill something that's been lacking in your life we're practicing that a ton here in this teacher training I actually I honestly feel like I've I found a key like a, a key that's been missing for me a little bit in my life I do so much work on my own in terms of my own personal development, in terms of my own healing, in terms of, we spoke about this in the last episode of this podcast, self-reflection and checking in with myself again and again and again. And, you know, how do I react in certain situations and what triggers me and how do I show up for myself and for the world and in my relationships and what stories are there that are just really old? Maybe I can put them down or let them go. And doing this work, I've, I've actually, I've realized it, it's really hard to talk our way toward a place of healing. And this is why, at least for me, long-term in my life, um, therapy has been something really, really beautiful, a really good anchor and something I recommend for so many people, really all of us. We could so benefit from having a really well-trained, experienced, you know, therapist or a counselor or a psychologist, psychiatrist, someone that we can trust and, and lean on. And, The thing about therapy, so why traditional therapy never really worked for me, and and I can really see that now, is because I feel like it's missing the component of the body. Talking our way, you know, through our problems or talking about our past or, you know, the the practice of sharing is really, really important. But I think for it to actually register as healing in the body, we have to acknowledge this physical vessel that has held all of us, our entire lives. The body has held All of you. It's contained all of you since the moment you were born. And that also means that every experience that we've had that has deeply hurt us or that has brought us pain or struggle or any traumas we've been through, any of that deep, deep soul hurt, especially hurt from our past and and our childhood, it sits in the body. And we all know this. Yeah, we can all feel and experience this in the body at different times in our lives. For me, especially, you know, teaching (laughs) trauma informed yoga and teaching yoga in, in a very heart centered way in a way that really promotes this kind of healing or supports this kind of healing it's really the first thing that i that i that i can see is that when a new person comes to my class you can i can notice right away okay where is the tightness showing up in their body just by saying hi you can sense oh You know, here's someone whose nervous system is just completely maybe in shock or has been walking around holding the same kind of baggage our entire lives. You can tell by the posture of the body. You can tell by the tension and where it sits in the body. You can tell by, you know, people's inability to actually breathe and take a deep breath and have that breath move all the way down to the bottom of the belly. Just we haven't accessed that. And something important that we talk about a lot in this training is how we can, activate or let rest the the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system that's our fight or flight, right? And then we have the parasympathetic nervous system which is our ability to rest and completely let go. And it works sort of like the the gas and the brake of a car, you know, they're not active both at once, but when one is active, the other one is not and then vice versa. And I read something so interesting the other day about how actually as human beings, we were designed to live in the space of the parasympathetic nervous system. We're actually designed to exist in a place of rest all the time. And then we have that fight or flight. You know, it's meant to be activated in times of danger when we actually have to get up and fight or get up and run. But because of the way society looks for so many of us, I mean, most of us, And we're under this kind of constant state of stress and pressure. So many of us live and exist from the sympathetic nervous system of this fight or flight mode all the time, especially if we've been through trauma and we haven't had the space or support in our lives to actually process and release that. So many of us, we just exist from that place of constant alertness the entire time. And then of course, that shit is unbelievably exhausting. Holy shit imagine really living from that place of, of of sensing danger in our system all the time, of always being on alert. And I have rec- I can recognize moments in my own life where I've really, really experienced that. For instance, after every, whenever a person passed away in my life, so I've, I've seen a lot of loss and a lot of death. I My whole, you know, second book is, is almost out. We're a month away from publishing this book, To Love and Let Go. But it's about the space in my life where I, where I lost so many people, you know, my best friend passed away, and then my grandmother and my dog and my mom tried to commit suicide. And I I actually, you know, after my best friend passed away, I had this feeling and so many people who's ever experienced who have ever experienced loss or grief can resonate with this, I know. But that feeling of, you know, when is the other shoe going to drop, like someone else is going to die. And it's, I think, really inevitable, we go through something so gut wrenching, so, you know, absolutely life changing, this pain that's just you know we can't even put it into words and our system is in shock in total shock it's just such a shock that this has happened to us that we stay on alert and we look around and we're just waiting for lightning to strike twice yeah we're just we know now we've kind of transitioned from this place in our lives where we didn't really think about death for anyone who's never had loss and then we experience real loss it's another life before we've ever seen real loss, experienced real true grief of losing someone we deeply love, also especially losing someone out of the blue, we realized like, oh, you know, how, how nice life was when I didn't think about death all the time. And for me, when my best friend passed away, it was so sudden, such a shock. I went from kind of, you know, living this this comfortable space where I trusted that the people in my life were going to be there to actually envisioning and imagining all of their deaths all the time whenever someone would leave the room in my mind I would play out the scenario of them somehow passing away like and, and this lasted for me for 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 years I mean really especially that first year after she died every time Dennis left the house and I would kind of fake it in the beginning I would just give him a kiss bye and I would say something like be safe or drive safe or make myself say something almost like obsessively before he went and then I would play the scenario in my mind of him getting in the car having a car accident me getting a call from the police all the way through like seeing myself at his funeral realizing like I will never be okay again the mind is in intricately insane and genius at the same time And of course we do this as a layer of protection the mind thinks that okay if i visualize these things then i can anticipate them and then i can control it and then i can do something about it and make sure that no one else ever dies which of course isn't true you know we have no control we have very little control in terms of what life throws our way but once we exist with that or we start living our lives with that kind of alertness that sense of panic it means that, that the sympathetic nervous system is in overdrive and we're living from that place of alertness and panic and fight or flight all the time, all the time, all the time. So of course, you know, when we're living from that place, life gets unbelievably challenging, unbelievably hard to manage. And for, for so many of us that have been through some sort of trauma that left us in that state, we need support and help to get back into our bodies. Yeah, the body needs actual help to, to relax and to soften. It's like the nervous system is still vibrating with, that, with the effect of that trauma. It's still vibrating with shock. And I read, I, it's just, I really want to find this scientific study, but that there's been scientific studies on, on actually proving the effect of the vibration that sits in the spine and in the central nervous system of people that have been through an immense trauma versus people who haven't. That once we've been through that, it's really like we have it in the core of our body, like that central highway of the spine. It's just vibrating with the energy of it's not safe for us to be here. And then how can we get ourselves from that place of not feeling safe to a place where, where we do, where we actually you know, can process what happened to us, where we can actually process and free ourselves from the vibration of, of, of this world not being a safe place to exist in. And uh, this is why, for me, therapy has been really important. It's really important that we have someone to share with, someone to process with, someone to talk with. For a lot of people, maybe <laughs> have this in every training that we that we do, every retreat, especially the trauma-informed retreats that we do. Uh, someone saying, "Oh, you know, I've been to therapy for years and years and years. I've never experienced this level of freedom," and I think that's because we pair that with actual trauma release exercises and trauma release work where you allow the body, just the body, to release that vibration of trauma. And that can happen in so many ways. We see it in yoga class all the time. Oh, my God. And then yoga class, depending on the setting and the scenario, sometimes it just seeps out of us. If we're new to the practice or if we're just beginning to feel safe in the practice or if we have a new teacher, a new studio, and, you know, we don't know, is, is it okay for us to fall apart in this room? It might be sort of seeping out of us in, in a hip opener or when you hear your teacher speaking of something that really tugs at your heartstrings or maybe in Shavasana, that moment of just, you know, Having the space to let go a little bit, perhaps then we feel that opening in our hearts. We don't know where it came from, but we cry, yeah. And the thing about you know taking a regular yoga class in a regular studio or feeling emotional in class, uh, I, I found very few studios where it's a hundred percent encouraged and where the staff is really trained to hold emotion in a real, real way. And that's really our our focus within within the Yoga Girl community. Our training has that focus of of speaking from the heart and then learning how to really create a safe container in the room, how to recognize someone who walks into the room who's been through something traumatic, which is so many of us, someone who's currently suffering through something traumatic and somewhere we have these healing tools. And it's not up to us to be their therapist or up to us to, to talk them through anything, but recognizing a need and then offering tools of support so that we all can take the tools that are presented to us and heal ourselves right and that's such an important thing to distinguish for me that's a really important thing that i kind of hammer into everyone i meet you know we do our own healing work there's no magical person out there who's going to suddenly arrive and heal you yeah this is a really important part of healing is that we take charge of our own healing that we feel like we actually have the power to call in the forces and the energy that's needed for us to heal our own shit you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl Have you heard the exciting news that my book is available for pre-order? It's coming out in September and with it, I'm going to do a little tour around the United States. It's been a long time since I traveled and I didn't know how hard it would be with a baby. But I'm ready to go and getting back into all my traveling routines. Also remembering now how packing toiletries somehow often involves a delicate game of smart thinking and stacking. Luckily, my Quip electric toothbrush works just as well at home as it does on the go. The compact and wireless design tucks easily into the corner of your carry-on. Plus, the travel-ready cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits and luggage slip-ups. It even has an insane three-month battery life that will last to an entire season filled with weekends away. Exactly what I'll be doing soon. Quip ensures you get the best brush with every use. With sensitive sonic vibrations, this toothbrush is gentle enough for all gums. Most people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes can be way too abrasive, but Quip has found that perfect balance. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes to be accepted by the American Dental Association and it has thousands of verified five-star reviews. Try it for yourself and you'll see the cleanest mouth comes from Quip, whether you're at home or on the go. That's why I love Quip and why I'm taking it on the road with me this summer. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash yogagirl right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yogagirl. Sometimes people have this this heart-centered connection to something that I've written or shared or I think maybe sharing hard things in my life, of course, opens up the space for other people to feel really connected to the hard things in their lives. And I sometimes have people come up to me and say, oh my God, you know, you changed, you changed my life. And that for me is just the most uncomfortable thing ever. One, I feel so uncomfortable being put on that kind of pedestal. <laughs> you know, I, I've never changed anybody's life ever. Ever, ever. Anyone on a pedestal is pretending. I I'm very wary of anyone who walks around, you know, calling themselves a super guru or a healer or whatever. You know, yoga changed your life. hundred percent. Yoga changed your life. You got to a place in your life where you felt this immense need to heal yourself, or where a space opened up where you actually had the time, the energy, the support to bring in all of this inspiration from all around. And perhaps I have played a part in that, you know, whether it's through my book or Instagram or taking my class or something. But the tools that you've used to heal yourself, you're in charge of that. You're responsible for that. You've healed yourself. And I can look at the teachers that have played a huge role in my life, of especially one of my teachers from Path of Love, from the holistic therapy work that I am now also doing and, and, and growing in, how after my first experience with my teacher there, I was like, oh my God, this person, you know, you totally changed my life. And how as I said it, I realized like, oh, I, I, I can't give my power away that way. You know, hey. Hey. This is an amazing person who's trained to hold the space for me. But the work that happened here this week, like I did that work. I cried those tears. I shouted out that anger. I processed all my shit. I had these epiphanies, these realizations. I brought myself to this process right? And whenever we say someone else or something else outside of us or some teacher, some guru, like they changed our lives, we're giving that power away. And it's important that we feel empowered in our own healing journey, that we are our own gurus. And then hell yeah, we accredit teachers and, and other you know people in our lives for inspiration and for support and for holding our hand and guiding us through those challenging times and giving us or introducing us to those healing techniques. But the healing you've done, you've done that. Yeah, you do that every day, and you'll continue to to do that every day for the rest of your life. <sighs> I got a little goosebumpy just now. <laughs> it's been a, it's been an intense couple of weeks, so I feel just very very connected to to my own role when it comes to being in this place, you know, leading this training. My own role, and when it comes to you know healing my own stuff, I feel very humbled just to to sit here talking about this right now. But that component of the body, um let's get back to that because it's so 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 important. So the process or the practice that I am using myself that I'm also using when I teach or whenever we have circles or these kinds of groups is the moment we have a release or an opening of an emotion. Yeah, where wherever that is, if it's in yoga class or you know listening to this podcast or home on your couch or in your car wherever you are, Every moment of, of emotion that that arises inside of you is an opportunity to heal something old. And this is so, so, so important that we recognize that. And we have been so taught and so conditioned our entire lives that it's not okay to feel our feelings since we were little. And I catch myself, you know, I have to be super mindful not to do this with Leia Luna, but that when she gets angry, how can I hold space for that anger? How can I give her a tool to process that anger without shaming her? Yeah, when she gets super sad, how can I hold, create the space for her to be sad without wallowing in the sadness or without pitying her for the sadness or without making a huge deal of it, of the sadness? You know, it's just sadness. It's just anger. It's the same as the joy and the gratitude and everything else we feel. It's just feelings. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all vibrating with their own neutral vibration and it doesn't become a thing until we attach a story to it like anger is bad and you know joy is good like no no it's all the same yeah it's all us processing things that come our way it's all healthy so whenever we have one of those moments of releasing especially in a group we might be sitting in a big circle and someone opens up about something that's happened in their lives And then, you know, the tendency is always to get into the mind of that. We feel an emotion coming and we're so conditioned that it's not okay to feel feelings, especially in front of other people, right? To be so vulnerable that we can actually feel our feelings with other people looking at us, being seen in our emotion, (laughs) you know most of us we have no experience with that whatsoever but the experience we have of emotion is that you know we hide it if we're if we're sad we swallow our tears if we're crying we do it alone you know maybe even in yoga class you do it in the quiet moments in yoga class like in a pigeon pose with your face down no one knows you cried maybe you say it later like oh I cry in class all the time Sure, but are you letting yourself be seen in that emotion? Can you lean into that space of holding your own sadness and letting other people witness you in your sadness? Because that's a practice and that's the work that we're doing here. That's the work of healing. It really, really is. Letting the body register the release of emotion, letting the body just linger in that space instead of immediately putting the lid on or immediately running away or escape, escaping from that. So we might be in a circle and someone's sharing something and it's really, you know, they had an epiphany about something and then, you know, they start to cry because it was it was a lot. It's intense, this realizing the stuff from our childhood and our past and our traumas and our pain. It's a lot. And then, you know, we feel emotion and then immediately we change the story to like, oh my God, and now I'm crying. Oh, you know, like we're just making it a thing or trying to make a joke or here we go again with the waterworks. No, actually... Yeah, that's another way to not feel the intimacy of that moment. That's another way to escape. Even though we're staying in the circle, we're not letting ourselves hold what's actually there. So what I'll do in a moment like that is just to pause instead of spinning away in the head and in the mind and going into the story of what happened of just closing our eyes and feeling into the body and go, hey, what are you feeling right now? And just that moment of quitting the storytelling the telling of the story of all the things that led us here you know of just feeling now and okay what what are are you feeling right now sadness i feel sad okay and is it okay to feel sad is it is it bearable you know can we exist in that moment of sadness because sometimes it's not sometimes we feel overwhelmed and then we can address that but is it okay for me to sit with the sadness, to just hold that? And if the answer is yes, then okay, then we're quiet for a moment. Maybe placing our hands to our heart, feeling where in the body that feeling of sadness actually lives. How can we track that in the body and experience that on this physical level and just be with that? And that space, it doesn't have to last super long. Say Maybe it's 10, 15 seconds, maybe it's a minute. That moment, we've spoken and kind of told a story that, you know, and done, done different kinds of work that led us to that opening. But then that moment of just lingering in the feeling, that's where the body heals. I swear to God, that's where healing actually happens. That little space that opens up afterwards and we lean into that. And then you can kind of, you can see it physically on a person. The shoulders just drop, the chest drops, the face, and maybe we cry and maybe it's intense and, you know, and if maybe even if, if we're in a circle, if we're in this kind of environment with so many people around is it okay for me to be seen in this emotion? And that's also a huge, huge, things for so, huge thing for so many of us. For me, I was taught, you know, since little, that crying is something really shameful. I had a lot of experience when I was little that I felt like, you know, if I was sad, it was scary. I saw my mom sad a lot and I was always really scared. I didn't feel safe when she was sad. So I felt like being sad was just either really scary or I had some experiences with my dad where he felt super uncomfortable whenever I was sad and, you know, told me to stop crying. So I never had any experience in my own life of, of actually being seen with sadness, of holding that up, like taking my heart out of my chest and showing it to the world. You know, this is what a broken heart feels like. This is what it looks like letting myself just stand in that. No, never. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Hiring is challenging. Trust me, I know. Running different businesses in different places around the world makes this especially hard. But for any business, there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ziprecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter sends your job posting to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. A few simple clicks and you're all done. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and it invites them to apply to your job. This has changed everything, so you can be sure qualified people will actually see your posting. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never ever miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Get people you trust in less time so you can focus on more important things like actually running your business. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com yoga. That's ziprecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This practice of every time an emotion comes my way whatever it is if it's hard yeah frustration or fear anger or sadness or grief the feeling sometimes is if I open that door and I let myself feel that like I'm gonna be overwhelmed it's gonna it's like opening the floodgates it will never stop it'll just flood my way and then I won't be able to manage but what if what if what if we can trust in the fact that You know, I brought myself to this place on my healing journey for a reason and actually feeling into the truth of that moment. Yeah, because sometimes the mind tells us the story that it's not safe or it's too much. But if I feel into my body in that moment, do I have support here? Is it a safe place to be? Is it a safe place to feel my feelings? And sometimes having that therapist there or that, you know, psychologist there, whoever we're working with to create that safe place for us so that we can move deeper on that journey. That's so important. And many of us, you know, we can't do without it. Really, it has to happen with a trained someone who knows what this work is like. But then I always lean a little more toward holistic therapy and toward therapists that have experience with somatic healing and actually allowing for that healing to resonate in the body. Because things change then. Yeah, they really change then. They begin when we tell the story and we share and we expose what's hard. But then we have to create some space for that to resonate and be freed from within the body. And it's just the most beautiful thing Ever really, it's so beautiful to witness, and we have it now with the 50 women that we have here for this group. You know, on the first day, so many show up with just there's you can see there's a tightness across the chest there, it's heavy. You know, we've been walking around with this heavy weight on our shoulders, and it's making our shoulders round and curl forward, or you know, or we're really quiet, really, really cautious, really kind of nervous navigating the world, almost in a sense, like. We don't want to stand up in the middle of the room because we actually don't want to be seen or we feel like other people should have that space. It's not for me. It's not for me. We make ourselves small. It's like these stories and the pain we've carried in our past makes us into something that actually maybe we're not. Yeah. And asking that question, just the version of me that's sitting here listening to this podcast right now, this version of me, is it true? Is this really who I am? And maybe there are sides to your personality that were created out of necessity because at some point in your life, you had to become that person to make it through. Yeah, maybe you had to become really controlling when you were little because everything fell apart in your family. Someone had to keep, shit, keep everything together. And somehow, you know, that became you, you became that person that held everybody together, that made sure everything was on track, that kind of like, you know, took care of things that had to be taken care of for life to function. Perhaps you filled a really important role there. But then we grow older and that need for us to be that kind of person, it's gone now. You know, we don't have to be controlling anymore because actually life is steady now, life is stable now. But when these things happen to us, when we were little, it becomes a part of who we think we are so we enforce that personality trait you know whoever we are in our family if we're the the strict one the strong one the the fixer the helper maybe you're the funny one maybe you're the cute quiet one we have these roles and then we enforce them again and again and again and we think that that's who we have to be for the rest of our lives we're actually maybe it's not even true right (laughs) maybe it's not even true and i can look back at my own life and see so many versions of my own personality that just weren't wasn't real i thought i was that person i always thought i was this really dramatic person right i was really angry as a teenager as a kid i was frustrated with so much and i just had this idea like i guess this is just who i am no i was angry because a lot of shit was done to me that wasn't fair right and i held so much of that frustration and actually anger for me was one of the emotions that i felt like towards certain people in my family I could own because it wasn't safe for me to be sad yeah so then I was angry instead but beneath that anger was an ocean of sadness an ocean of grief I didn't know how to hold grief I was scared of sadness but anger for me was a feeling that I could it was tangible I could do something with that so realizing you know as I grew older as I started doing this work like I'm not an angry person at all, anger is a part of me. It's the way it's a part of all of us. It's an emotion that comes and goes, but it's not who I am. Same with being a controlling person I have in times of my life still am today I like things under control I like things in a certain order I like to be able to predict what's coming next I don't like dwelling in the unknown yeah because there's a lot of times in my life where things were so out of control I didn't know where the earth between my feet was everything's rumbling everything's falling apart I had to create structure and structure for me became so, so, so important. It was like my, my buoy on an open seat was just structure. And now that feeling lingers inside of me that need to control things that need to have everything exactly the way I want them. Because there's a part of me that still feels like if I don't steer this ship, it's going to sink. Actually, that's not true actually, I really enjoy letting go of control once in a while. I really need it. Actually, I really, really, really enjoy being free in my life, not having a plan, you know, softening into the beauty of just going with a flow. There's a part of me that's really, really, really like that. a Super, total, easygoing, free-flowing, free-spirited, hippie kind of person that just Uh, That that version of me is really true and it's really real. But for a long time, I thought that I would never be that kind of person. I just, I need things this way. I guess I'm just, I'm just a controlling person. No, I had to be. I can rewrite my own story. I can choose today, right here, right now, the kind of person I really want to be. And I can make that shit true. So in your life right now, perhaps today is a really good day for you to move a little bit deeper into what resonates inside of your heart. What kind of stories are you telling yourself about who you are that aren't even true anymore? How are you holding yourself back because of the stories you're telling yourself? How are you keeping yourself contained in this little box? Yeah, or contained in this box of of a personality that your family told you you had to be or that you made yourself out to be because of your family situation? Maybe it's not even true anymore. Perhaps that story is old. Maybe you can start putting it down. Maybe. Today, I would love for you to drop deeper into the practice of feeling what's there. And then whatever shows up as truth to lean into that. Yeah, and if it's sadness that's there, feeling into that space of, can I allow myself to sit with sadness? Can I share that sadness with someone? Can I let myself be seen in that vulnerable moment of being sad? If anger is there, okay, can I process that? Can I hold that in a way that isn't directed toward other people? Is there a way for me to process that in an unhealthy way? What would that look like? Yeah, what am I angry about? What's there? What's beneath the layers of anger that are, that are that that's present there? If you're joyful, not don't be ashamed of your joy. Yeah, stand up tall and let that joy shine. Really, whatever is present, leaning into that. Give yourself space to feel into that. And then if you can, have it register in the body. And perhaps right now you feel a need of some sort. Yeah, I'm feeling this emotion. There's a need I have there. I need support. I need to go out and have fun. I need to be alone. I need something. I need a yoga class. I need to, whatever is true, whatever need needs to be met, go meet it. Really create that space for yourself. Even if you're having a busy day, we all have busy lives. Nothing is more important than you taking care of your own heart. I promise you that. I really do. I am so grateful that you took the time today to breathe with me, to connect with me, to listen to this podcast, to feel into your heart, to feel into the space of of the healing journey we're all on together. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. If you would like to learn more about my own healing journey and specifically overcoming grief or sadness and pain my new book to love and let go it comes out september 17th it's available for pre-order right now and it would literally mean the entire world if you feel like it's something that resonates in your heart if you would go and pre-order the book bringing a little bit of that yeah a little bit of that love back around i'm so grateful that you're listening that you're present that you're here now doing this work Thank you so much. Love you guys and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and for doing this important work around healing the heart. If you have enjoyed this show, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Bob's Red Mill, Quip, and Zupercruiter. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.